This is Confessions of a Pastor. A relentlessly real peek behind the scenes of Journey Church in Bend, Oregon. From church in a strip club to a strip mall. Going where Jesus would go to reach people Jesus would reach. The good, the bad, and the ugly. All for the glory of God. A journey of misery and miracles. Your hosts are the founders, Pastor Keith and Kara. There really is hope for everyone. Hello everyone, this is Pastor Keith and you are joining us for the ninth episode of Confessions of a Pastor. We're excited today. It's going to be a wonderful episode. We're doing something we've never done before. I'm not only joined by my lovely wife. Please say hello, Kara. Hi. We have an incredible guest here. I'm super excited for you to meet her, to hear more about it. Before we get into uh, an interview with our special guest, I thought we'd tell you just a little bit about some of the mighty moves of God at Journey Church because we are experiencing some tremendous things at Journey right now. God's working through real people in a real way, and I just thought we'd talk about that. So, Kara, could you share with us just a story? What have you experienced lately? Yeah, so I heard um, I had some lunch, I had lunch with a friend uh, a couple days ago, and she we had a beautiful conversation, and she just kind of casually told me towards the end of the conversation that her husband had been healed, and um, I started asking a lot of questions, and and she said that um, they had gone to pursuit night three weeks prior, and um, one of our elders actually had prayed over him, and this particular elder is a mighty prayer warrior. And, um, they, they both went up for prayer. He, so what essentially what happened was he, um, her husband who I was having lunch with, he hurt his, um, he tore all three ligaments in his shoulder and on off falling off of a skateboard. And the diagnosis was that he needed surgery. And, um, from there it was going to take eight months for recovery. So, and he is, he, he's, he does physical labor for his work and that was not a, um, positive outcome. So they go to God in prayer. They come to pursuit night three weeks ago Mm -hmm. and they ask for prayer. Uh, one of our elders prayed a a mighty powerful prayer over him and his shoulder is literally healed. Come on somebody. Yeah. He can, he can move it. Um, in a normal way, there's no pain. Um, it is literally healed. And, um, what a cool story. Wow. I mean, this is becoming a testimony over and over. It's become our, our new normal that we believe in a God of miracles and he's able, Uh, we've shared some testimonies before just every single week. I mean, I believe over the last six months, I'm not sure one week has gone by. We haven't heard a miracle. I I had a different type of miracle. This wasn't a physical one this week. I had a 19 year old girl come up to me and share with me. She just gave her life to Jesus. Mm. It was pretty incredible because she said she, this was her second time at church. The first week she came with a friend, that was three weeks ago, and then she came this past Sunday by herself, and she came up and simply said, I gave my life to Jesus, what do I do next? That's awesome. I was like, well, I don't know. No, just kidding. I, was, I just pointed her to what was next. I, I said, do you have a Bible? And she said, no. Well, I said, well, I'm going to get you one today. I got her a Bible, gave her a new believer's packet, a book that Pastor Noah wrote on our staff. And it, it was just awesome. She was in tears. I prayed with her. I gave her information to join a, a young adult group. And I just absolute miracle. So incredible to me that God is working in our young people. God is working through physical healings. And we just want to testify that God gets the glory. Yes. He's moving mightily at Journey Church right now. I believe he's moving all over the world. This is the beginning of greater things still to come. 
Yeah. And I just think it's, it's such a powerful testimony to who God is and, and what he's able to do. And when we go to him and ask for him or, or ask him, you know, for healing and for salvations, he's faithful. Come on. I stand in full agreement with that, believing that God is able to do that, not only just for us, but for absolutely anyone that will believe in the Lord today. We have a mighty God. He wants us to believe in Him. He wants us to experience more of who He is. And uh, today we're going to bring in for you an absolutely important person in our life. She is our firstborn. She she is our strong-willed one. She is creative. She is a leader. I will call her today the magnificent, marvelous, the mighty, the one and only McKenna. Come on, everybody. Give her a hand. I'm so excited to have her join us today. (laughs) Thank you for being here, McKenna. Thank you for having me, Mom. So today is really not confessions of a pastor. It is confessions of a pastor's kid. (laughs) Say what? See, y'all, the, the reality with pastor's kids is, Karen and I, we didn't grow up in Christian homes. So we didn't grow up going to church. Let's put it that way. And because of that, we didn't understand what it meant to be a pastor's kid. As <laughs> soon as we had kids, all of a sudden, we kept hearing this phrase, PK, not referring to Pastor Keith, but PK referring to pastor's kid. And I don't know, you guys tell me, what do you think of when you think of pastor's kids or like the connotation, the... Uh, the stigma regarding pastor's kids. I'll start with that. I think of a, a, a kid who is incredibly rebellious, I think, honestly. <laughs> well, nailed it on. <laughs> is that what you were going to say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think of pastor's kids as one who, um, pastor preaches one thing and pastor's kids are notorious for uh, doing the opposite. I mean, it was weird because we heard it a lot when we started having kids and I didn't understand what's the big deal uh, about pastor's kids, Um, but it doesn't take long before you hear stories about pastor's kids. Well, and let's just be honest. I mean, the role of a pastor's kid is it's a heavy role for a, for a kid, right? Mm -hmm. So like the role of a pastor's wife is a heavy role, but I'm an adult. Imagine the weight of that on a child. Yeah, let, let's talk through that. I mean, we're, we're just going to go deep right away. Yeah. Uh, McKenna, tell us, what, y- your mom just talked about the heaviness of, yeah. of, of really the burden that's on the family because a pastor's preaching one thing, he's leading a, a church and people and talking about the weight of God's word and yeah. all these things. He's helping everyone else's lives. Uh, tell us, did you feel that weight as a kid, being a pastor's kid? Oh, totally. Like, growing up, I completely felt that weight. I mean... Like you said, you preaching one thing and me having to live up to that and having people I've never seen before in my life come up to me and be like, are you you doing what your daddy said? You you living mm. up to him? And mm. just stuff like that mm. all the time. <laughs> How did that make you feel? Uh, very, mm, a lot of different emotions come mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. anger, confusion, mm-hmm. um, resentment Mm. a lot of that um yeah (laughs) so when a pastor puts himself on a platform uh, or behind a pulpit uh, really he exposes himself to the world this becomes what some might call the fishbowl where the whole world sees you just give an example i mean we're we've got a growing thriving church right now and we can hardly go anywhere in our city without someone <laughs> recognizing who Sorry. I am. And so 
that becomes a reality for the family, particularly at church. That wherever you go, someone recognizes you, wants to talk to you, uh, those sort of things. Does that happen to you? Oh, all the time. Good and bad. I've had wonderful experiences with people I've never met before where they're just so encouraging and it's awesome meeting new people. Or there's really bad experiences where there's people who come up and talk about my weight or talk about what I look like or just really comments that shouldn't be said to a child. (laughs) Oh, gosh. And and would you say some of those are more recent? Because I have fond memories of you guys growing up as... I like to joke about it this way. You guys as church rats, just being so comfortable (laughs) at church, you're there all the time. It's where you live. It's what you do. (laughs) You know, one thing that confused me about pastor's kids is with you guys growing up, because you were five when we started the church, (laughs) you're now 18. Uh, Your brother was three and your younger sister was just a baby. I remember you guys just having a blast at church all the time. You oh, know, well, definitely. You, I totally did. Running I, on stage, running around. For getting, sure, messing with all the instruments. Right. Playing, <laughs> playing hours of Minecraft downstairs on the Xbox 360. <laughs> or just, yeah. I've also, I have really good memories of being at the church. But most of those memories are when it wasn't a Sunday. Mm. When we were oh, there okay. like, through the week or when it was like youth group time or plenty of those just... It was just the pastor's kids, and we would all hang out. <laughs> Which you did grow up oh, in church. Yeah. I mean, most people, if, if you have a business, let's just say your father is a car salesman, or he's selling stocks on the stock market, or uh, whatever the case might be, even a doctor. Typically, you don't bring your kids into <laughs> your, your place of work. But when you're a pastor's family, this is like what you do. Yeah. You live and you breathe this, you know, day in and day out because there's nighttime activities. There's stuff happening in the daytime. And so you guys grew up in the church. You know, one thing we do on this podcast, we like to just say, we want to talk about the good. What is God doing? We want to talk about the bad, what's hard. But we also, frankly, it can be even ugly sometimes because wherever the people, there are a problem. And you've already noted probably a little bit of all three of those. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let, let's let's go there. Uh, tell us what's what's something good you just that you love about Journey, or you loved about being a pastor's kid, or a memory you have. Just give us something good, McKenna. Oh, okay. Um, one of my favorite memories of being a pastor's kid is I think I was in third or fourth grade, and it was Christmas Eve, and you wanted me to come up on stage and um, say a passage. Do you remember what passage that was? You memorized it because yeah. you went to Christian school. I believe it was out of John, something about love. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, was it 1 Corinthians? It was the love chapter. Did you memorize all 1 Corinthians 13? Maybe. I think it love that was. Love is patient, love yeah. is kind. Yeah. yeah. Was that what it was? Because that was what the theme was of that year. Yeah. So I had to memorize that. Um, I remember I bought a super cute dress from Kohl's with mom. Yes. And I had these really dorky fake glasses that I put on <laughs> from Claire's because I thought they were so cute. And I remember, oh, I'm going to cry. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, being backstage with you and you giving me like words of encouragement. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, before going on stage and being in the dark and just with you by my side. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't know now, McKenna's got her dad crying too. <laughs> but um, I think that was my um, 
my favorite memory Aww. from growing up in the church. Wow. We have that on video too. It was really beautiful. <laughs> you did a spoken word, I think, right after. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you, McKenna. Uh, one of my favorite memories of you, and I've posted this picture many, many times, is when you got baptized mm-hmm. at our, um, I think it was our seventh birthday. So if it was our seventh birthday, you would have been 12. Yeah. And you were always bold. I mean, from the moment of your womb, you, I mean, you wanted to be baptized for years and I just kept telling you to hold off. I wanted to make sure it was real. I want to make sure it was genuine, not just because you were courageous and bold and, you know, I just wanted your faith to be real, but there's just a picture of someone captured of me kissing you on the forehead or, you know, on the top of the head. Mm. And it's just beautiful because you're just a beautiful girl. And, um, that was just important to me because the privilege of, baptizing you know not as a pastor but as your father um that's pretty special Kara. what's what's a good memory you have of mckenna um gosh mckenna wherever you go you bring life so um you just your presence like the i would even just say in the last few years like you have um sacrificed a lot and served with kids a lot Mm -hmm. and those kids literally they adore you like i (laughs) I can't even count on my hands how many parents have told me that their kids love you so much. Um, and you, you literally have sacrificed so much to serve in, in kids ministry in, in an area that, um, is really, um, you know, it doesn't get a lot of notoriety, Mm -hmm. but it's behind the scenes that it's such an important role, um, that I just, I appreciate that about you, that you're sacrificial, you're giving, you're, you, and you have this magnetic, charismatic personality that these kids literally love you. And in fact, I've even gotten, um, uh, text messages and videos from a woman who has a son who, um, she said that he, she was having a hard, she was having a hard time with him getting him into the word. He's like seven. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she said something McKenna did with him, um, clicked it clicked and now he's like reading scripture he's memorizing scripture and it all traced back to something that you did with him do you remember yeah it was um rooted and that's when I every Tuesday night would um help out with the elementary students and one of our little goals for the whole thing was to memorize this chunk of um of scripture and I remember oh look at that butterfly sorry that was (laughs) it's really pretty squirrel (laughs) um and it was a really long passage and mm. it was like the, it was, it wasn't an easy version to memorize. It wasn't like ESV. It was, it was just complicated. So what I did was I came up with some sort of hand motions and mm. silly voice fluctuations and they memorized it within a week or two. Like yeah. it took only a couple of times for us to go through. Yeah. I mean, we did it in chunks, but um, yeah. <clears throat> I just want to prophesy over you that God has a high calling on your life, McKenna. You can pull things like that out that other people can't. (laughs) And I'm telling you that the impact that you made on him, that is a prophetic picture of what God's going to do through your life. I'm telling you right now. Well, I just want to prophesy over both of you because you're getting a glimpse of what your mom does on this podcast. She's become a preacher and uh, there's, there's something powerful. She's always been a preacher just backstage. Uh, when there's, when there's an anointing, which anointing is when the Holy spirit does in you what you couldn't do on your own. Yeah. That's when things happen. Yes. When it's not just your strength, your talent, your, 
you know, your intelligence, but when God has his hand on you, you're able to influence other people. And that's, you know, one of the powers of this uh, podcast is that we're just able to give behind the scene glimpses of what God's doing because God has done so much. And for years, you know, for nearly 14 years, we feel like we've seen God do things in our church, Journey Church in Bend, that many people don't experience in a lifetime. And so we're just here to testify and say, it's absolutely incredible, but it's not always good. I mean, that's an amazing story of what mom shared about a child now getting in the Bible because you believed in them, because you showed them something great. There, there's been the, the, the difficult as well, maybe the bad, uh, what, what you described some of it already, yeah. you know, maybe uh, some of the bad, maybe you can even go humorous here uh, of just some of the things you've experienced before, you know, being a PK, what, what's something you can look back on and say, well, that's not normal. <laughs> well, I mean, back to the one comment I made earlier, um, <clears throat> I vividly remember we were at the old church, we were upstairs, I was going, it was around my transition between middle school into high school. And I mean, every little middle schooler girl is insecure about everything Mm. and how she looks and just as a person, personality, everything. And there was this older woman who I do not believe she goes to the church anymore, Mm. but she would always come up to me and make comments about what I was wearing. And I remember specifically at one point, she was like, wow, you, you looks like you dropped some weight. You look great. Did you lose what? Five, 10 pounds. How'd you do it? And Mm -hmm. I had only, I'd seen her like last week. I don't know if she, um, I don't know, but that's the kind of stuff that that was normal, that it was normal to me, but I know it's not normal looking back, having people you don't know or people who aren't really a part of your life make comments like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, McKenna. That's the weird part about church is people all of a sudden think they have permission to speak into your life when the truth is they don't. You've not earned that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But just because you're a pastor's kid or even in this case with your mother and I as a pastor and Kara as a pastor's wife, people have done the same type of thing. Like they they constantly want to talk about the shirt I'm wearing or, you know, it's like, I wouldn't do that with you and your job, but because I'm on a platform, you know, and I've learned to just deal with it. And I I have, you know, I, I joke with people and so forth. And in fact, the, the worse somebody gets, the more I just be humorous and lighthearted, (laughs) you know, because it's, it's just, it it comes with the territory. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. imagine like what, celebrities do yeah because anytime they go in public look what they're wearing look what they're doing yeah, paparazzi you know? taking pictures after you had a gnarly workout at the gym and you look terrible right wow well i so we're, we're on the bad now the good the bad and eventually we're going to get to the ugly I, I remember because you told this story recently to someone and it's going to sound way worse than it actually is but once i forgot you at church <laughs> yeah do you remember that i Oh, it is so clear in my head what happened. I'm pretty sure it was, I don't think it was a Sunday. It might've been a Sunday, but it was some sort of either like a a Bible study, a rooted night or something. I was in elementary school. So I was probably in fourth or fifth grade. I had a really close friend. Her name was Nikki and we would hang out all the time. We would play games all the time. Like she was my buddy. She was my 
my little elementary buddy. We were in one of the kids' rooms, sitting around those big old green and blue tables with those terribly uncomfortable chairs that looked so <laughs> cartoonish. We were playing a game of war, like the card game war, where you had to like slap and yeah. play, play that. We were playing for a really long time, and lights started to turn off. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> people are going home. Like, where's dad? Because I know mom had talked to me earlier that, after, like, that night saying, hey, dad's taking you home. Yeah, I had gone dad home. Dad is taking you home. Well, this happens, Kara and I, nine out of 10 times, take different vehicles because I'm going to the church at an earlier hour, <laughs> and so we're going at different times, and so it's not abnormal, and typically, Kara's the responsible one and makes sure that she has all the kids. <laughs> but I wanted, no, I wanted to stay later and play with Nikki, so mm-hmm. I was like, let me go home with Dad, let me stay with Dad, and um, then you just... Didn't even remember I was there. Was this before the days of cell phone? Did I call you or what happened? Oh, uh, she didn't. She wouldn't have had a cell phone at that no, age. I'm I think it was sure. someone that was there had a yeah, phone. Yeah, well, it was Nikki's family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. I think there was one other family there, and they were like, "Where? Where? He left? <laughs> I don't know what. What? <laughs> I also think that you had realized I wasn't with you, and that you had made the connection, and you had turned around. I did turn around, everybody. I, <laughs> I only didn't leave me there her to for sleep. just a moment. She wasn't a baby, uh, but. Yep, friends, you heard that correctly. I forgot my kid at church. <laughs> You've forgotten two kids at church. Oh, who else? Colton. Colton's been forgot at the church before. Oh, he has. Okay, okay I've forgotten two <laughs> kids. All right. This is confession, so. <laughs> All right, Kara, do you have any bad bad memories or something that's just associated with something that could be bad, good, bad? Me? Yep. Oh, of my own or? Yeah, with, with, with McKenna. Oh, well, just hearing some of your stories, McKenna, I know I knew those, those stories before and my heart just breaks that, um, you know, you didn't ask to, you know, be in this role. Um, but, and it's come with pain. Um, and I just want to say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and God uses all things for good. So, um, he doesn't waste anything. Mm-hmm. So I believe that um, he will use your hard experiences. He will take it, heal, and yeah. he will use it for good. It mm-hmm. will be used. It will be turned for good one day. Um, and I also want to say that um, though you didn't ask to be in this role, um, God chose you. Mm-hmm. He chose you for a reason. And again, like I said earlier, you have a high calling on your life. And um, he has just, he's been preparing you um, for the last 18 years. And, and he, he, again, he will use the hard time. So um, yeah, I, I, and I understand, like we've, we have experienced lots of pain, lots and lots of pain um, from people and, um, God uses that, you know, we allow him to heal us. We, um, we learn from it and, and he uses it. He uses all things for his glory. So I appreciate that. So instead of a memory, mom went deep and said, <laughs> sorry. So I want to go on the record by saying, I'm sorry, I forgot you. And I, I too just recognize the, the great pain that uh, came along with being a pastor's kid. And, um, you know, it's not over yet. Um, uh, I mean, there's, there's certainly times if I look back, at the tenure of saying, man, should I be doing something else? You know, like, because when we go through painful times, we want the pain to stop, you know, and, but when there's a calling on your life, sometimes you go through those painful times 
that actually don't, they're not wasted with God. Yeah, that's actually a, a theme that we keep studying um, in, the scriptures. in the scriptures. It's because you're going through Second Timothy, and he talks so much about suffering. Uh, Paul talks so much about suffer, suffering to Timothy. That's and right. um, it really is a theme that we've been studying that, and I firmly believe, like I've mentioned uh, you know, in this, in this podcast before, that um, there are, there, there's fruit that comes out on the other side of the suffering that we would never bear without the suffering. Mm-hmm. So the suffering produces in us something beautiful um, that would not have been produced without it. Mm-hmm. That's good, Kara. Let's get to the ugly. I don't know if we can go there or not, but, you know, church is full of the good, the bad, and the ugly. So let, let's just, let's go there for just a moment, you know, because uh, sometimes, you know, one of the things a lot of churches do, thankfully we didn't raise you in, well, I didn't mean this to be negative towards the bride, the church, but like a Southern Baptist, conservative Baptist oh, church, you know, like where <clears throat> I you, think my life your daddy, would be much different if I was. You know, your daddy didn't wear a suit every Sunday and, you know, um, but the reality is church is full of people. I've always said people have problems. Mm-hmm. So wherever there are people, there are problems. And I'm in the people business. So there's been some ugly. You've, you've mentioned some of it. Well, let's go. Where, where's, where else is there some ugly that you've seen that maybe has been there? Yeah. Well, there's plenty of ugly in my life connecting myself to the church. Um, I mean, growing up as a pastor's kid, I really did have a lot like going back of like resentment and rebellion. I basically am the epitome of a pastor's kid. No, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you're amazing. Thanks. Uh, I, you know, I doesn't I, mean I don't fit the stereotype. Yeah. I mean, maybe this last few years, it, but mm-hmm. that also came with a worldwide pandemic yeah. and a lot of other pressures that were mm-hmm. put on the world. So, uh, but keep going. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a, I don't mean to correct no, you, so go for it. Um, yeah, so I I did feel a lot of pressure from people in the church, from you guys, and I mean, a lot of it was also self-pressure of me internalizing mm. that stereotype. Me, um, like I, I don't want to be like my parents. I don't want to be like the people who talk to me in church and make mm. me feel terrible. Okay. I want to be different. I want to be worldly. I thought that mm. was going <clears> to <throat> make me cool, make me feel better, make me forget about all of the pain Hmm. from being a pastor's kid. I mean, it's not all of my pain is from being a pastor's kid, just to put that out there. But, um, yeah, because everyone has, yeah, has issues. Mm -hmm. We all have our own trauma. We all have, you know, and it's different, but yeah, it definitely is a part of my trauma and my troubles. But, Mm -hmm. um, I really did turn to, I'm after the pandemic, some people, some things, some substances, mm. uh, because I was hurting. Mm. And I think that's mainly my ugliest um, truth, being a pastor's kid, mm. of trying to feel better or feel something that was different. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what. Well, I um, so yeah. appreciate that. You know, one of our core val- values at Journey Church has been to be relentlessly real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That when you are real, you don't give an enemy a foothold to lie to you, to hide things. When it's exposed, yeah, it can be ugly and it can be hard and it can Mm -hmm. be painful. Oh, yeah. But I've been (laughs) reminded lately 
in Revelation 12 that Satan is defeated. He, you yeah. know, Jesus has already won the war. And John notes that the way we overcome the enemy, Satan, is by the blood of the Lamb. So it's because of what Jesus has done and the word of their testimony. Yes. And so the fact is, you do have a testimony. Yes. You know, and, and although when you were a baby, we pray over you, and I do this for baby dedications all the time. Like, May you know the Lord early. May you follow the Lord. Sometimes you got to go through your own story for you to have a testimony. And the only way to have a testimony is to be tested. Right. (laughs) You know, and it's it's not the test that... that, uh, It's how you deal with the test. Yeah, it's it's passing the test. And it's understanding that Jesus is greater. He died for Mm -hmm. all those things. He died for our sins. He didn't die for good people. (laughs) He died for dead people. He died for sinners, you know? Uh, So I appreciate that. He died for pastor's kids. Yes, amen. (laughs) That's the truth because, you know, the reality is, and I'll just go on to my uh, ugly moment, you know, with with, uh, having uh, pastor's kids because I didn't know what that meant. You know, I I didn't even grow up with a dad, let alone uh, understanding of what a pastor's kid is and... Uh, I would just say every pastor is just a person too. Mm-hmm. And so I did more failures than not, you know, in terms of um, trying to figure out this out. And thankfully we have a redemptive God and he's redeemed our stories time and time again mm-hmm. in our family. And oh, that's, that's his, that's his, his nature. It's what he does. He's, he's a restorer. He's a redeemer. Amen. So he takes this ugly and he, he makes it clean. He, he restores yes. it. Yes. I, I had an epiphany a few years ago regarding marriage where I'm just like, man, am I just the worst husband ever? I don't know how to do this thing. And I could say the same thing about fatherhood, you know, like, man, Lord, I've, I just wish I was better at this. And it was Paul's word to Timothy in his, his first letter. And he made a statement like this. He said, I received God's mercy. I'm just paraphrasing this. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, because I had acted in ignorance and unbelief. And there was an epiphany in my life where it's like, oh, much of what I've done is in ignorance. <laughs> I didn't even know how to be a good dad or a good husband. But I will say this. When God's grace is there, you learn from it, and you don't keep repeating it. And that's what I've tried to do in my life is, whoa, if I've messed up, pull yourself up by the britches, put your shoulders back, chest out, chin up. I will be a good dad. I will be a good husband. And because if I've messed up, it was because I didn't know what I was doing, but by God's grace. So I'm just grateful that I've got this great relationship with you now, that you hug me every day up to a million times a day. <laughs> uh, sometimes you hug me for so long that I have to like try to squeeze out of that boa constrictor <laughs> hug. Uh, but I'm just, I'm, I'm you really won't get those for much for longer. You. Come on. That's right. So I want to know some good things. Let's talk about some good things about the church. <laughs> well, I mean, what is, I know we talked about a little bit about when you were younger, you know, good mm-hmm. memories of playing at the church and being there and stuff, but um, any insight or, or thoughts you have into journey church mm-hmm. or um, I know you've been to a lot of churches, you know, mm-hmm. over your life. And- oh, and there's definitely, there's a difference. Like whenever we go on vacation, cause I, I don't, I can't say I've ever been to a different church while being at home. It's only whenever yeah, we- Yeah, right. Out of the area. Yeah. It's whenever we went, we were living in Phoenix or we go to conferences and stuff like that. When I do really get to experience other churches and <clears throat> there definitely is a very large difference between journey and other communities. Um, I, the one thing, and I will never say like, this is my 
favorite, my favorite thing about journey is that we don't pass a plate around mm. for like asking for money because mm. whenever I've been to other churches or when I hear my non-church friends talk about church, all they talk about is they just want your money. Mm. That's all they care about. And that's all like I had the pressure from holding that plate as like a 12 year old and being mm. like, what am I supposed to do with this? I don't want like, I have $5 in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> I want, why do I have to give what's going on? Wow. But I mean, talking with you guys about financial and giving and yeah, that's my favorite thing about Journey is definitely the number. Wow, okay. Well, I remember when yeah. you, you got a job and you got your first few paychecks, I told you about tithing. I did not make you tithe, yeah, but I told I you about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's okay. <laughs> this, this is confessions. So, uh, But yeah. one of the things I remember you did early in your working experience, your working career, is you did tithe. You know, you get a paycheck and you would go mm -hmm. on and you would give online. Um, and, you know, if, if you're not tithing right now, I'm, I'm not the one. You're <laughs> not accountable to me. You're accountable to God. Ugh. And God is a God of grace. He doesn't condemn. He doesn't shame. Um, it's, it's to experience trusting God, experiencing the blessings of God. But I just remember thinking, how powerful is that, that, that a kid is, is tithing, you know, that you, you weren't forced to do it. I mean, we, we try to talk openly about those things. We don't try to be rigid with rules. Um, we want the liberty of God's principles to be understood in your life. So uh, do you remember doing that too? Oh yeah, I definitely do. It was like the first thing I would do with my paycheck from Chick-fil-A. I would deposit it on my phone, then I would pull up the journey app and do my little calculator to see how much when all I needed to do was move mm -hmm. the decimal over a couple. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that's cute. <laughs> yeah. I, ooh, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I have another question for you. What, um, could, I, I just want a little bit of insight into your peers. Oh, so tell me about your, what, uh, Gen, Gen X, right? No. Yeah. That would, we're Gen Z. Gen Z or Gen Z. Sorry. We're Gen X. We're Gen, we're Gen X. X. Our Gen kids Z. are Gen yes, Z. We've <laughs> talked about this. Sorry. Yeah. Um, tell me about some insight about your, um, your peers and, sure. and, yeah. um, maybe relating to God and church or, totally. or whatever. Just give me yeah. what, what you're thinking. So I am a part of quite a few different social groups. I'm a part of like church groups, uh, church friends. I have work friends who are much older than me and I have school friends from public school and the dynamics between myself and my other friends and just how we click and how that our generations are. It's, it's, wildly different depending on where I am. Mm. Um, church peers, awesome, great. There's quite a bit of drama. There's always drama when it comes to youth group kids. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my youth buddies, but sometimes I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It is difficult coming to youth group with mm. all of the drama and all of the stigma that comes behind a being the pastor's kid and just, yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, um, school friends, it is, starting to get harder being around them. Um, now that I'm coming into summer, I haven't been spending as much time with my school friends. And that is for a reason because I have noticed through all of our group chats and whatnot, they're starting to do things that I'm not okay with, like going out and partying mm. or spending time go doing things that I don't want to do and I mm. don't want to surround myself with. And it's been hard separating myself from I mean, just yesterday when Ellie and I went out to lunch, I ran into one of my friends from school and she was, she called me 
out. She said, hey, why aren't you hanging out with us? Like, why, why have you been so distant lately? Why aren't you mm. coming to all the concerts we're going to? Why aren't you coming to all the parties we're having? Why aren't wow. you sleeping over at my house? Like, why wow. aren't you, what are you doing? Yeah. And I, I mean, I blamed it on all of the work that I do and I'm just so busy. But mm. then she combated me with, I work the same hours that you do. Mm. Why can't you hang out with us? Mm. And... I guess, I mean, I, I love those people. They have my heart, but just now that I'm becoming more self-aware of what I fill my mind with and who I surround myself with, it's those aren't the kind of people that mm. I want to become. Mm. And, I mean, distance, it's been hard. I mean, like, some of my closest friends are in that friend group. Yeah. And yeah. it's been hard. That's huge, McKenna. I'm really proud of you. I mean, that's... That's beautiful and hard. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I totally understand. Thank you for sharing that. To do great things in life, it doesn't matter which generation it is, because mom was asking about Gen Z. If you really look back in history, great things require hard work. It requires intentionality. It requires determination. It requires doing things other people aren't doing. If you want to be like everyone else, well, then you're just going to go with the flow and ultimately you don't, you're, you're going to end up with what, what yeah. they're doing. And, and if you want to stand out, you got to stand out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that eventually just ends up in pain. I mean, I've been down that road before mm. of just following their lead and being the sheep and it's not fun and it's, it's painful. Is, is it fun in the moment at first? Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it, temporary joy. It's like a adrenaline rush, a high, um, but I realized that that's not what life is worth living for. And then the depression after hanging out with those people or doing the things they do is just incredibly terrible. Mm-hmm. And that's just not what Jesus died for, for us to feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I totally agree. So what, just thinking about your peer group and your generation of, of young people, I mean, you've stepped into young adulthood, you're 18 now. You know, your generation, I think, you've grown up with devices, phones, cell phones, iPads, um, internet. You, you've never not known the internet. Your peers have never not known the internet. You know, one thing that's like completely baffled your mom and I is how you guys share images with one another in the tens of thousands of pictures, but none of them are beautiful. <laughs> you know, the pictures of your nostrils, your foreheads, your... Well, um, it's, okay, not only that, is you have this weird app called the 360 app or something like that. Oh my god! And you literally know when someone goes to the bathroom, right? Oh, or what oh, app is that? That's, um, there's multiple apps. Actually, um, side note, my school friend group, we have a, uh, a shared Instagram account called Log Bloggers, okay. where we, um, we track places where we've pooped around the world. Okay, that's yeah. what that's the stuff I'm talking about. Yeah. You did hear that correctly. If you yes, if you you've did. made you it did this hear far, that correctly. if you've made it this far on Confessions of a Pastor, this is probably the most confessions we've ever had. I think so. We've, yeah, we've never well, talked I mean, about pooping. And I mean, it is weird, but our generation's weird, and this yeah. is something that's just kind of normal. I mean, there's a whole app. I don't remember what it's called. I used to have it. But every time you pooped, you would log it. And yeah, you would that's what I'm talking about. Share an emoji. Yeah, millions of people all over the world. All so over the why world. do you all think? Of, I mean, I is, logged stuff in Israel. I logged okay, stuff is that in, that's is that acceptable widespread to your generation? Oh, totally. I mean, just I think our humor is so messed up, and it's mm. just so 
it's a complete 180 yes. from what humor has been in the past. And yes. I think it's a kind of like a rebellion. Like, yeah. oh, you don't want us to talk about crude things? Well, I'm posting my poop on the internet. Yeah, yeah. I'm leaving my... So what's, what's up totally. with, the, with the pictures? Or what would you identify? Because I thought it was just our weird kids at first. And then no, I realized it's, <laughs> it's generational. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what's, I mean, uh, what's up with that? I guess it's a little more... It shows you're not afraid to be like weird or I don't know. I Cause mean, it's like a sign real. of affection. Like yeah, I used well, to fight and say, I need to send this picture. And I'm like, what? And then you would do it. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> and you're like, it just means that I care. Like I'm yeah. acknowledging them well, or something. Um, I haven't used Snapchat in a very long time cause I needed a break from it. And it was just damaging on my mental health. But when I did have Snapchat, that's how you keep up with your friends. Like you don't really texting is for when you're making plans, but snapping is how you really I don't know, talk to a person, yeah. which is so sad, but do you feel like, do you feel like, um, you have lots of, or, or really your generation, your peers, mm-hmm. do you feel like you guys have lots of acquaintances, lots of friends that you communicate with electronically, yeah. but lack deep friendship? Oh, for sure. Oh, definitely. I mean, there's people I haven't talked to since middle school, but they're always commenting on my posts. They yeah. like, slide up on whatever I post on my story. Um, yeah, like it's crazy. And I mean, even with Be Real, I have international friends who I've never met before who always react to my Be Real and they're super fun to see what they're doing in France or in Russia or I have friends from Africa. Like it's super mm. cool, but it's just, it's a new way of communicating with the world that um, I, I would have never met these people yeah. if I didn't yeah. have the internet or my phone or Be Real or whatever. Yeah. So we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to give a thought and then I need you to think about a closing thought. Okay. I want to, can I ask her real quick just about, um, your plans? Tell us about your plans for, oh. um, since you're graduated high school. Yeah. So I, at first I tried going through the college process of applying to all these different colleges, but deep down, I really knew that that's not the route that I wanted to go initially that four year college going straight into it. Um, wouldn't have been healthy for my mental health and wouldn't have really set me on the right track for being an adult. So in the fall, I am going to England for theology school for a couple of months. It's called Cape and Ray. It's an hour outside of Manchester, north of England. And I will be going with a friend, my friend Sage. She's basically a Kirkpatrick by now. (laughs) Um, And yeah, that's what I'm doing. Awesome. And what, what, just tell us one thing you're excited about. Um, for the, for this new season. I'm really excited to figure out who I really, I want to use this time to figure out who I really am and Mm. just build, um, just my standards and my morals and who I am as a person and where I am with God and my friendships Mm. and relationships and just really set my adulthood off right on the right footstep and make sure that I am listening to what God has to say to me and pursuing my passion and figuring out what that is. Also, I think that's just figure out what the right trajectory for what I'm supposed to do, whether if that's ministry or like the complete opposite of ministry or yeah. I'm not sure. We'll yeah. see. That's what England's for. <laughs> I love it. And we're going to be praying for you in that because, yes. um, I've told you this and I believe this, that anything you do is amazing. Anything mm-hmm. you could literally choose anything, any career, and you'd be incredible at it. So I'm going to be praying that God really speaks to you through this season. Yeah, your mom and I believe in you. We are behind you and super excited. So think about a closing thought. What do you want to tell our listeners? Okay. okay. I know I'm going to just finish with a close today of what I believe over you and your generation. Mm-hmm. 
Because last summer when we went on sabbatical, um, <laughs> the one thing that struck me, because your mom and I found a church that we adored, oh, but you kids didn't. Oh, um, but but here's, here's the epiphany, and we don't need to go there. Here's the one thing that I got out of that, McKenna, is my prayer for you guys, and I have prayed this now dozens, if not hundreds of times since that church experience, because it's not information you need or your generation. It's not a church um, ritual. It's not a pastor on a stage preaching the Bible. Mm-hmm. I, my prayer for you and your generation is to experience God, mm-hmm. the glory of God, the grace of God, just to experience on a tangible, because God is living. He's eternal. He's all powerful. And so my prayer for you is not a church experience. I, to me, that's what should be happening in the church mm-hmm. is a mighty experience of God. And we're starting to experience that journey in a way that I've never experienced in my life personally, and I'm elated, but I'm not content with it. Mm-hmm. I want more Holy Spirit, more glory of God, more weight, more miracles. I want tangible, not great preaching, not great music, worship, not, mm-hmm. not an experience of emotions or feelings. That's not what I'm talking about. I just want you to experience it. I want your generation to experience it so that there's no spirit of offense of, boy, that preacher said something wrong, or I don't like the methodology, or I don't like the, um, the technical. And I get it because that's not your generation. It's like, that's been religion. That's been church. Yeah, well, church I, is split over that stuff. I mean, the whole thing with that church was it just, it didn't feel... It didn't feel real to like, it just, it didn't feel authentic. And I think the one thing that turned me off completely was when Colton and I got up to use the restroom and mind you, this service is huge. Yes. There are like hundreds of people in this auditorium. Probably thousands. Thousands. And it's a dark room. He, he can hardly see out to people, but Colton and I got up to use the <laughs> restroom because I had too much coffee and hot chocolate <laughs> beforehand. And he called us out saying, oh, well, these people can't handle my sermon. These people can't handle what I'm talking about. These people can't handle Jesus. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? And I think that was, uh, I think it was wildly inappropriate. I mean, he, that could have been some kind of banter, but I mean, imagine if I wasn't a church going person and I, someone had invited me to church and me getting up to use the restroom and being called out. Yeah. That's, that's something that I never want someone to experience Mm. as a first time church goer or someone who has church trauma. Like that's no, that's legit. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's totally. And that's why what I'm referring to. I'm talking about a, a Moses and a burning bush moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about a, a, a fire by night and a cloud by day mm-hmm. where this there's something tangible for you, your generation, and all generations. I'm just believing God's raising up a new, younger generation to experience more than we've ever experienced before uh, because Jesus is coming soon. So closing thought, what do you want to say to our listeners? Anything you want to say? Good, bad, ugly, anything? Uh, <clears throat> closing thought. Um be wary of what you say to PKs. Come on. Be mm. be nice to PKs, people. <laughs> it's okay to be nice. Let's just be nice to PKs and everyone else around if the world. If you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything at all. <laughs> yeah, that's a good word. That's a great closing thought. That's we, a good word for all of us. <laughs> yes, for every one of us. Be nice, people. So, friends... This has been an incredible episode, once again, of Confessions of Pastor. We're so honored to have you, McKenna. Thank you for being our guests. We believe in you. We love you. And we, I'm not even sure how to articulate it, but um, we're grateful for this opportunity. And maybe, can we have you back in the future? Sure. Uh, (laughs) I would just want to say also, just thank you for your transparency and your honesty. I really, like Daddy said, that... um, 
one of our core values at Journey is to be relentlessly real. And I, and of course we don't ever want to be recklessly real, but mm-hmm. I feel like you did that. You were relentlessly real and transparent and, um, thank you for your vulnerability. Um, and thank you for your many, many years of sacrifice to the church, uh, even when it wasn't even your option or, <laughs> you know, you really actually served yeah. with joy all the time. So thank mm-hmm. you for all that. It's my pleasure. That's from Chick-fil-A friends. <laughs> I'll tell you, if you know a PK, would you share this episode with them? Let's change the world. We believe there's hope for everyone, including pastors' kids. (laughs) Come on. So thanks again. God bless you. Thanks for joining us on the journey of confessions of a pastor. Please hit subscribe and rate. We are better together. See you next time.